This week, Reverend Wendy talks about faith as a way of being, a way of living, not just believing in a set of doctrines. Reverend Wendy speaks to the ideas of radical trust in God, loyalty to one's relationship to God through prayer and our priorities, as well as a way of seeing creation as gracious. I get to talk to you this morning about faith. How many of you think having a little more faith in your life might be beneficial? Raise your hand. That's almost everybody. The rest of you have all the faith you need then, right? Everything's just humming along perfectly, no challenges that you can't meet, and just feeling great. I hope that's true, actually. I hope that's true. But just in case it's not quite totally 100% true, we're going to talk about something that, when understood in a clearer, deeper way, can make such a difference in our lives, can make such a difference in the things that we choose to say yes to and in the ways that we deal with difficult difficulties and challenges. So we are in the midst of a short series called Reclaiming Jesus. And I have been devoting quite a bit of time over the last number of months to exploring new materials and revisiting materials I've studied many years ago. Materials that deal with this idea of the humanity of Jesus, that deal with the idea of stripping away the myths around Jesus and coming to really understand much more clearly who he was and what he taught and what he stood for. We've been exploring, or and the basis of this series is built on books such as Robin Meyer's book, Saving Jesus. Don't you just love the title? <laughs> Saving Jesus. As well as books written by Bishop John Shelby Spong, Why Christianity Must Change or Die, Jesus for the Rest of Us. He's written, I don't know, a dozen or, or more books easily built around some of the themes from Zen Buddhist teacher Adyashanti. I know many of you in this room are familiar with, with Aja's work, and Aja's done a, a somewhat recent work called Resurrecting Jesus, where he's looking at Jesus through the eyes of a teacher who can help and invited all of us to awaken spiritually. So today, the topic specifically is understanding this idea of faith because Jesus talked about faith, and faith seems to be a, a cornerstone of Christianity. And yet for many in Christianity, faith is more closely linked to believing than it is to a state of being. And we really want to emphasize the idea of faith as a state of being, that it is not about a statement of faith that is not about here are the dogmatic creeds and doctrines that if you are Christian, you must believe these things. Mm -mm, not that. In fact, quite honestly, I don't particularly care what somebody believes, but I care tremendously how someone lives. I care tremendously what are the qualities of life that we are living from. And are they the kinds of qualities of life that will make the world a more just and beautiful and loving and kind world for everyone with no exceptions and no exclusions? And that has very little to do with just a lineation of things that we believe, but has everything to do with the way that we choose to live our lives. And so faith is not about belief. Faith is about action. Faith is about being. Did you know that in the New Testament, 
there are several different understandings and uses of the word faith. And yet it seems like all of the way that we look at faith in Christianity is about belief. It's similar to the, the reality that in the Bible, the word love that we have translated, whenever we see the word love in the Bible, we translate it as one word, the word love. And yet, the root of that word love had four different roots in an attempt to, to describe that there are different kinds of love. And yet, when we read, we just see one word. And we miss the fact that the teaching might not have been about, say, romantic love, eros love, but may have been about, the one speaking, may have been about what's called agape love, which is universal, unconditional love, or filial love, which is a love of family, the love of friends, or storge love, which is the love of compassion and kindness. And can you feel into the difference, the, the nuances of each of those, right? And yet we seem to just focus on one kind, and we focus on it much to our own disadvantage. Well, the same is true with the word faith. It has tended to just be used to describe the kind of faith that comes from the Latin word ascensus, which means to intellectually agree with something to intellectually agree with something. But there are three other expressions of faith. And I want to share those with you and share with you why we want to try to live by those three other definitions of faith. So in the book, um, Saving Jesus, Robin Myers writes this. He gives a little bit of a, a historical context about this word faith. He says, the idea developed after the Reformation when the meaning of orthodoxy shifted from correct worship to right belief and continue to grow in urgency after my modern science challenged the biblical worldview, the literal biblical worldview. Only in the past 200 years has faith come to mean just believing things that are increasingly easy to disprove, right? Some of us came out of a a religion that said, well, for those really tough things, you just have to accept them on faith. You can't question them. And then you have science coming along and saying, but no, the man and woman did not originate in the Garden of Eden some 6,000 years ago. And the science is there to prove it, right? Well, you just have to take it as a statement of faith. That's intellectual belief. So Robin is saying, or Meyer is saying, only the past 200 years has faith come to mean believing things that are increasingly easy to disprove. What has been lost are the other three meanings of the word faith. These other three meanings expand the idea of faith beyond believing things you may secretly doubt are true, beyond believing things you may secretly doubt are true, to get rewards you fear may be unavailable to more honest doubters. That's gutsy for a, a Bible scholar to be writing about. He says they are faith as fiducia, which is a Latin word that means radical trust in God. That kind of, of faith is radical trust in God. As fidelitas, loyalty in one's relationship to God, 
and as visio, a way of seeing creation as gracious. And then he says, in the end, if the church does not succeed in restoring the idea of faith as being and not as believing, then the gospel of Jesus as the heart of God will wither and perish. So he gives us three other definitions, I think much more helpful definitions, of what faith is. We're going to look at the first one, radical trust in God, fiducia. Radical trust in God. Say that with me. Radical trust in God. I want you to emphasize the word radical. Radical trust in God. Not just lukewarm, oh, okay, I trust God. Radical trust in God. Jesus epitomized radical trust trust in God. His was a living faith. His was a radical trust in his relationship with God. His was a radical trust in the divinity of every person. He had a radical trust in humanity itself. A radical trust. If you had a radical trust in your life, what would you do that you've not yet done? What would you say yes to that you haven't yet said yes to? Where would you go? How would you live if yours was a radical faith in God? We teach in unity that there is one presence and one power in the universe, God the good omnipotent. We teach, we believe that there is no separation other than in our minds between us and this one presence and one power and that it is a force for good and that each and every one of us can tap into this force for good and live with a radical trust in this force for good. We have numerous examples of Jesus doing that very thing of radical trust in God. And so many times he was tricked by those around him to try to have a different relationship with God than the one he really stood for. One of the most vivid was him in the Garden of Gethsemane, aware of what was about to happen on what we've come to call Good Friday. And as he went to pray, he prayed in the full awareness of what was about to befall him. God, if this cup, if this event, if this situation can pass, I'm all in, let it go. But if not, thy will be done. Is that not a radical trust? Is that not a radical surrender into being used for a higher purpose and a higher plan? And aren't you glad you and I aren't being asked to make that sacrifice? But where are we being asked? Where are we being needed to make and to demonstrate radical trust in the goodness of God operating in our lives? Second is the kind of faith that comes from the Latin word as it's used in parts of the New Testament, fidelitas, and that refers to loyalty. Loyalty in one's relationship with God. Have you ever thought about that? What does it mean? What would it look like to be more loyal 
in your relationship with God? When I pose that question to you, what kind of comes up in your mind? What would that look like? What would that feel like? Prayer, I think, would be very much at the the top of that list. Prayer and meditation. How else, how else do we really strengthen, form and strengthen and maintain our relationship with God if not through the act of conscious communion with God, the act of prayer, the act of meditation? You know, of all the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them, we only have on record that they asked him to teach them one thing. And if you're at first service, don't cheat here. I'm asking the rest of you. How to pray. pray. And Brian wasn't at first service. (laughs) How to pray. That's phenomenal. I mean, here they were with this amazing man. And whether you take all, some, or none of what have been, have been called the miracles to be literal or not, even without them, just the way that he lived his life, the way that he stroke to, spoke truth to power, the things that he stood up for, his radical understanding of his relationship with God and his invitation to everyone else to have a different kind of relationship with God. And yet the one thing that the disciples said teach us how to do is they wanted to know, how do you pray? And then we're given what we've come to call, he didn't call it this, the Lord's Prayer. And if you really read the Lord's Prayer, if you read it in the Gospels, you'll be surprised that it doesn't end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's a beautiful way to end a prayer. But the Lord's Prayer in the Gospels, in the more accurate versions of the Gospels, is a series of affirmations. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right there, just looking at these different pieces, are proclamations that describe Jesus' understanding of man's relationship with God. Our Father. Not mine, not yours. Whose? Our Father, which art in heaven. Heaven comes from a Greek word, aranos, which means expansion. It's not a God up in the sky. It's a ground of being. It's a quality. It's an energy. It's a presence. Our Father, which... I'll do a a whole series sometime again on the Lord's Prayer. But prayer was a cornerstone for Jesus. It was an embodiment. It was an expression of his faith. It was a way that he maintained his relationship with God. And if somebody as enlightened as he needed to pray to maintain and deepen that relationship with God, don't you think we might need to do the same thing? Absolutely. And how do we, how do we strengthen that relationship with God? Certainly by having prayer and the silence and meditation not be an afterthought in our life, but a first thought in our life. Boy, would that be a significant shift for many of us that taking care of ourselves spiritually be a first thought, not an afterthought. Think about that for a moment. For many of us, it's like we're so busy, and I get that, I am too, that it's easy to say, oh, well, I just don't have time to pray today. Well, you know what? If you feel that way, you need it even more (laughs) so that you can do the things that you need to do. But for so many of us, we have let too many less important things 
consume the time that we do have to where we let the priority of our spiritual well-being not get the devoted attention, the loyalty that it really needs. What we know is when we get that right, when we take care of that, everything else begins to fall in place. And so one of the nuanced understandings of faith is this idea of our relationship with God. And is this idea, again, it is not a statement of belief. It is a required or an expressed action, right? It's easy to say, I believe in prayer. I think if I ask most of you in this room, do you believe in prayer? Do you believe in the benefit of meditation? I bet the vast majority of you would say yes. But you don't benefit from a belief in the goodness or the value of prayer or, ben or, prayer or meditation. You only benefit from it in the what? The action, the doingness of it. Ours must be an active faith, a faith of being, not a faith purely or exclusively of assent, of intellectual agreement with the statement of ideas. And the third, and I love this one too, it comes from, third understanding of faith comes from the Latin word visio. What do you think of when you think of visio? Vision, right? It has to do with vision. It has to do with a way of seeing. A way of seeing. Have you not had the experience that since you've been on a spiritual path, and even if it's not been perfect, and even if you still struggle with doing your practices consistently, have you not had the experience that since you've been in this teaching and since you've attempted to live in this way, that you look at the world differently than many other people do, right? And I bet some of the ways that you look at the world differently than others do is that you don't just let your sight stop at the level of appearance. Meaning that when you look out and you see the very real and serious challenges going on in the world, that you are not fooled to think that is the reality we have to live within and that's just the way it's always going to be. That you can see, whether we're talking about global issues or you're talking closer to home, stuff going on in your own family, you can see what the stuff is. You're not Pollyanna, you're not putting your head in the sand denying it. You can see it, but you don't stop with seeing it as it is because you know that there is operative in every part of the universe itself a force and a power and a presence that we call God, others might call it by a different name, Science may call it by a different name, but there is that something that is operating in and through every aspect of life and living that is ultimately working to evolve, to evolve it to a higher and better level of expression. Evolutionary biologists such as Barbara Marx Hubbard will often call these things when we're talking about them on a global level as the evolutionary drivers to wake us up to a different way of living and being. And it is going to take radical trust throughout the process until we 
eventually see heaven on earth, really, is what we're talking about, right? Until we eventually see the healing of some of these very real issues. So I've gone way out here with the global perspective of it, but let's pull it back in as we get ready to, to bring this to, to some closure. For us, in unity and metaphysics and new thought, we are so about a relationship with God that is a living, breathing relationship that causes us to grow and evolve in such a way spiritually that that spiritual growth informs and changes the very way that we think, the very actions that we take, the very decisions that we make. That we absolutely understand that we are not here by accident. We are here on purpose and for a purpose. That first purpose is to, for us to individually awaken and to stay awake as long as we possibly can and not be lulled back to sleep and to invite an awakening to happen all around us. To do that will require radical trust in this presence and power that we call God. To achieve that will require a loyal relationship with God, meaning, meaning a relationship with God through our spiritual practice and growth. And it will absolutely require the kind of faith that can sustain a vision that is never fooled by the appearances of darkness or difficulty, but absolutely know that what is true is a light that will eventually come through, and ours is to help facilitate that. I believe that these are the kinds of things that Jesus and every true awakened spiritual teacher either did or would be trying to encourage each of us to continue to be and to do. We are meant to grow and evolve individually, but we are also meant to grow and evolve and bring forth a completely different world than exists right now. And it's gonna take faith to do that. Namaste. Thanks for listening. Sunday services at 9 and 11 a.m. Inclusivity, it's worth the drive. Subscribe to our podcasts and download our free app for instant access to a wealth of spiritual teachings, services, and events.